0: Good morning, Terra Nova. Good morning. 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 Hello. It's good to see you all. We are here to celebrate Jesus. (laughs) We are here to worship God. We are here, as we do every Sunday, as Pastor Rob said, to learn more about the life of Christ, his words, his works, the death of Christ, the substitutionary death for his people, for the sins of the world, the resurrection of Christ, the life to come, the living hope that we have that Christ will return and fix all that is broken and bring a restored heavens and earth and the hope we have of that coming reality. We come together as the church gathered to celebrate, to praise God in spirit and in truth and that's what we do every Sunday in our church. And we also celebrate what Jesus is currently doing here and now among us, in our lives, in our families, in our tribes, in our circumstances. And today we celebrate what Jesus is doing in leading Dennis Christian Gardner to eldership today in our church. Yep. Yeah. we that. In Dennis's personal pursuit of Jesus, where is he? I'm gonna be looking at you quite a bit. There you go. In Dennis's pursuit of Jesus, the Lord has led him here today to be ordained. And one of the ways that we ordain elders in the Terra Nova Church is simply by acknowledging and affirming what God has already been doing, and then when it aligns with God's timing, the ordination. Takes place, And so we're affirming what we've already seen in the life of Dennis. Now I want to share, about three days before I was ordained in 2018, we're talking it's over half a decade ago, anyone else feel like that's nuts? Um, about three days before I was ordained, Dennis pulled me aside in the office. And he said to me, it was a sobering moment, you can imagine this, right? Dennis pulls me aside. <laughs> He says, Tori, do you realize the importance of what's happening in three days? You're going to stand before God and before the people of God and accept God's call on you to shepherd his people. Do you know how important that is? (laughs) It was a sobering moment. And I remember thinking at the time, I wonder if Dennis knows more about what I'm getting myself into than I do. I remember thinking that. And now, today, I can confidently say he did know more about what I was getting myself into than I did. (laughs) In our church, we use the terms pastor, elder, overseer synonymously. Pastor, elder, overseer. We use those terms interchangeably because we see that in Scripture. Those terms are used interchangeably, talking about the same Office and role, we see that in Acts chapter 20, we see it in 1 Peter chapter 5, which is the passage I'm going to glean in today in a little bit, where we see those words used synonymously. But when we talk about what it means to be an elder, we, we think of three images that I want to share with you, and we're going to really focus on one of those today as I, as I speak to Dennis about it. When we think about what it means to be an elder, think of these three images. A shepherd, that's one an overseer, and a pilgrim. Very briefly, I want to talk about, for Dennis, what you're getting into in your role as an elder to be an overseer and a pilgrim. But then I'm going to focus on that first one for the most of this message, the shepherd. So to be an overseer of the church means you have a role of making sure that as a church, we are steering, if you think of us as a large boat, we are steering in the right direction, heading towards the Lord. The programs that we have, the ministries that we have, we have to make sure as an elder team that our vision, that our mission that we have from the Lord, that we're heading in that direction. And so as we manage, as we raise up leaders, as we, as we rule in that, in that kind of kingly fashion, that we're heading in the right direction as an overseer you're going to be tasked with, with, with that as well as one of the elders. That's the second image of an overseer. The third one is a pilgrim, and I don't want you to forget, and I know this, uh, this has some application for all of us, but Dennis, as you become an elder, don't forget that you're a pilgrim. You are learning, you are growing like the rest of us. There is one over-shepherd, and that's Jesus. We are all sheep, and at the end of it all, though you are wearing many hats, I know you like to use that phrase, You're a father, you're a husband Dennis, father Dennis, friend Dennis. You're about to be pastor Dennis. But don't forget, you're Dennis. Don't let your failures or your successes in any of the roles or the positions that we have in our lives or in your life make you forget that who you are is a child of God. You're Dennis. You're his. Part of the Bride of Christ. Pilgrim. But I want us to focus most of our time on that first image, the image of a shepherd. I want you to picture a shepherd and the responsibilities of a shepherd. And I want you to think about that as we read 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to pause after verse 3 and then swing back to that last verse, verse 4, towards the end. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Here are the first three verses I'm going to read for you. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as the partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Let me pause there for a second. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. What does it mean to shepherd the people of God? To shepherd the people of God means four things. One is to feed them. Two is to servant lead them. Three is to protect them. And four is to care for them. To shepherd God's people means to feed them, to be a servant leader, to protect them and to care for them. So let's talk about those four. First, feed the people of God. What does that mean? It means feed them the Word of God. It means knowing the whole counsel of God's Word and being able to teach it to the people of God. And I know how Dennis loves the Word, respects the Word, is in the Word, and has the gift of teaching the Word of God. And with any gift the Lord gives any of us, it also requires work on our part to grow it, to mature it, to strengthen it. And at times Dennis that's going to be weary, that's it's, it's going to be drudgery in order to get that word in you to be able to understand it in a way that you don't just understand it for yourself, but that you can give it and teach it to the body of Christ, to teach the word faithfully, truthfully, And also with grace. And times in our culture, no matter what our culture believes, to teach it when it's popular and to teach it when it's not popular, faithfully. To teach the word of God. A shepherd feeds their flock. A shepherd, we believe, is also a servant leader who leads the flock. A servant leader is someone who doesn't sit on the sidelines But is actively involved. And man, I don't need to tell him that. I don't need to tell him really any of this. Dennis is a servant leader. The gardeners, Dennis and Rachel, are servant leaders. I have here in my notes talking about D2, R2 D2 here. I need to explain real quick. We already have We have a Daniel already in the Terra network as an elder. We call him D, so we couldn't call Dennis D, so it became D2. And that became into Rachel being R2 and Dennis D2 in Star Wars, and they like that. So R2, D2 are always serving. They are servant leaders. They've been coming here. They've been part of Terra since the beginning, 17 to 18 years. And they are servant leaders. They've been leading a tribe for 17 years years, and we asked them this last year to take over, to be the tribe coaches, which means to oversee and to help um, build up and care for our tribe leaders, which is a monumental task in our church and an important one that they're already doing a great job with. They lead worship monthly. They've been doing that forever as well, and I asked if I could share this, but I, I think it's just telling that part of their regular routine date night is they, 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 they look at the ministry that they're doing that, that coming week. If it's premarital counseling, if it's leading worship, whatever. It's a bonding experience for them to look at the ministry that they're actively involved in. They are servant leaders. So continue to servant lead, Dennis. A shepherd feeds, a, se- a shepherd servant leads, a shepherd protects. What does that mean? The staff is there for a reason. By protection, we mean protecting the church from incorrect or false teaching. And often what that looks like is simply being patient with and gently correcting, not that we always know all the answers either, but making sure that as a church we're heading in the right direction and that we're teaching the truth faithfully and being patient with those who at times we need to gently correct. But if there are people who are stubbornly, consistently teaching lies about God, feeding poison to the people, we intervene. And you are becoming part of the team as a, who is a guardian to protect the true teaching of God, faithful to his word. A shepherd protects. And then finally, a shepherd cares for his people. This is one of the constant reminders that we're not an organization. It's not in the job description, probably with any of the, the jobs you have in your field. Love your, love your coworkers. You ever see that? <laughs> Care for your coworkers. Pray for your coworkers. No. But as a shepherd, it very much is, if not the most, if we're not loving and caring for the people, what are we doing? And I don't need to tell that to Dennis. <laughs> if there are few things I know for sure in this life, If there are a few things I know for sure in this life, one of them is that Dennis loves this church. One of the few things I know for sure is that Dennis loves God and Terra Nova. He loves you, the people in this church. And there's some irony here. When I moved here, I I joke about this. For the first two or three months, I wasn't sure if Dennis even liked me. I just wasn't positive. (laughs) the Long island the sarcastic-y. I'm from the Northeast, but still, I was like, wow, do you like me? <laughs> Two to three months. But you find out how deeply he truly cares for God, for his church, for us. And it's seen often. And it's seen sometimes in unexpected ways and times. I want, I want to rewind six years ago when Terranova was meeting in Rev Hall there was an RPI student that just moved up here. And she was visiting churches and she came to Nova. and at the end of the service, while she enjoyed the service, was impressed by it and all of that, at the end of the service, something happened that clinched her decision to keep coming to Nova Church. It was during the announcements. When the person, Dennis Gardner, that was making announcements that day, morning started to get a bit emotional about his love for the church. His love for God, it came through in the announcements. And that impacted Anna Weersma at the time to make the decision to keep coming to Terranova Church. So thank you, Dennis, because <laughs> who knows? That's my wife, by the way. Um, yeah, Dennis loves this church. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. But don't forget the last verse, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. When the chief shepherd appears. So the last thing I want to say to you, Dennis, just keep your eyes on the chief shepherd. He's worth it. When at times you may want to stop because of yourself, if maybe at times you want to stop because of as wonderful as this church is, sometimes they make you want to quit. If at times you want to stop because the devil's trying to discourage you, keep the chief shepherd in view. When nothing else sometimes at one moment, at the time of testing comes, he alone can keep you going. He alone is worthy of every minute of effort that we put in to shepherd his people. What I'd like to do is call up Dennis and Pastor Rob, Pastor Nat, Pastor Jason, and we are going to go through the ordination vows with Dennis. Following following that, I'm gonna invite up Dennis's family and also the elders' wives um, as we as we pray over Dennis and over Rachel and their family. Can they hear you? Can you just see? Does your mic work? Do you want me to talk? Yeah. Can you guys hear him? Check. All right. Good to go. All right. <laughs> For the vows. Dennis, do you believe that God has called you to the ministry of serving his people, the church? I do. Do you commit to pursue and reveal Jesus during your ministry?
1: By God's grace, I do.
0: Do you commit to work at peace with your elders here and at large that the name of Jesus may be glorified throughout the church?
1: Also by God's grace, I do.
0: If I could call up the Gardner family and uh, the elders' wives, please come up as we pray over Dennis.
2: Thank you for the opportunity to serve this church in a new way. Thank you for the work that you've done in my husband's life, that I have seen you soften his heart, that I have seen you increase his zeal for the growth of the people in this church. Father, I ask that you would increase his compassion, his mercy that you would increase his meekness and humility. God, that he would be a shepherd who is like you, that feeds his flock, yes, but also speaks tenderly to those who are with young. Let it be said of my husband that a bruised reed he would not break. Let him be full of the word, full of the spirit and full of joy. And God, I pray for this church. Thank you for these people that you have given us. Thank you that beyond even our physical family, you've given us a spiritual family. That where these people are, our hearts are home. God, would you pour out your spirit on this church? And would you increase our diversity? Would you increase our humility? Would you characterize us with repentance? And God, bring a revival in this city because of your people. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We could not be who we are without you. So it's in Jesus' name that we pray.
0: Lord Lord we pray for Pilgrim Dennis. I uh Lord we pray that the the way that he serves and leads our church would overflow from his walk with you. Lord, I pray for his personal walk with you that you would keep revealing yourself to him, Lord. You would keep him close. Lord, I pray for the thousand decisions that he's now going to make. Lord, that you would provide him wisdom. God, give him endurance. Thank you for Dennis.
3: Heavenly Father, thank
1: you for my brother Dennis, Lord. Thank you for his love for you, Lord. Thank you how you have guided his path all these years, Lord. Thank you for the
3: humility and waiting for this moment, Lord God. Lord, thank you for building him up to this moment, Lord God. And thank you for providing um, for
1: Dennis's needs, Lord. Lord, we just lift Dennis up to you in this new role, Lord. It's not a new role, Lord, because he's been shepherding and loving and serving, Lord. Uh, It's just an official role, as you would say, Lord, from your scriptures, Lord. Lord, I pray your hedge of protection over him and his family, Lord. Would they find joy in the busyness in the day-to-day of serving your people, Lord.
3: Father, we are just acknowledging um, the work that you've already been doing in Dennis's heart and his life. God, the the ways that we have seen you move in his heart um, for the church, even more so after all these years of being part of this congregation, God, it's something that only you could do. You know, Dennis, You know him very intimately, you know his flaws. You know his strengths, God, and you have called him to this. If it weren't for your son, we wouldn't be having this moment now. We would have probably never even met, but God, we are thankful for the life of Dennis and what it means. And just the whole Gardner family, Father, how precious they are. God, above all of that, we look at how our brother continues to want to see Jesus made known that it is less about him and more about Christ. So would you continue to make that his heart? Continue to make that his priority, that as he shepherds your flock, that that is still the first thing that he puts out there, that Jesus, before all things, we thank you for this day and how we can honor him as well as give you glory. It's in Christ's name that we pray. We ask all these things. Amen.
1: Good morning, Nova Church. My name is Dennis Gardner, and I serve as the pastor. I just thought I'd get that out of the way. I mean, did it sound as weird as it felt? Because it felt weird. I looked in the mirror this morning while I was getting dressed, and I said, you got kind of a Dietrich Bonhoeffer thing going on right now. And I thought, just a sad thought, and I hopped in the car, and I I had a pretty sobering ride here, because I was thinking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I'm not going to go into that, because this is off script, just Google it, just go into Wikipedia, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but what just happened here, and I was thinking about that man's ministry, was really sobering, so I love that God speaks to us, even in the 11th hour of things, some of you know me well, some of you know me very well, and some of you don't know me at all, so just so you kind of know the guy that was just made one of the pastors of this church, I just want to take a few minutes and testify about God's hand in the journey of this disciple, okay? Okay? Just a short story, maybe you can consider it a fable, but I just want it to be very clear, this is not about me. So I've been close to pastors for almost my entire life. In my teens, I had a youth pastor who I admired and I wanted to emulate and I even became friendly with. And then in my 20s, at another church, in another place, I, I started hanging out with the pastor's kid. And I found myself in the pastor's house and seeing them and being close to their family and being friendly with pastors. And In my early 30s, I found myself starting to be mentored into church leadership. And once again, found myself very close, working with, friendly with pastors. And in my late 30s, I was part of the nine-person team that helped plant this church and I started working with then present pastors and people who would become future pastors and in my mid-40s I was hired as Terra Nova Church's operations director and from that point until now I've pretty much been surrounded by pastors. I work with them every day. all of this time I have been the non-pastor within a group of pastors. So I picked up a little bit, right? And all that history just kind of put me in a weird, rare position that, and sometimes I actually thought to be a sub-ministry, that I get to stand with pastors without having to be one. I don't know a lot of people that have that position. I've seen pastors. I've put them on pedestals, I've befriended them, listened to them, I've cried with them at the lowest and ugliest points of their lives. I've driven pastors to the pharmacy to pick up their prescriptions of Prilosec. That's non-ulcer medicine, if you haven't get that. I knew enough about the position of elder, both biblically and adjacently, to know that unless God draws a person to that office, it is not a job that we want to actively run toward. In fact, many of you might have heard me do my little shtick because, because I'm up here, people see me, and more times than you would think, Dennis, how come you're not a pastor? And if we were outside, I would find a piece of shrubbery and I would say, that bush will have to burst into flames. Take, tell me to take my shoes off and speak audibly before I'd even consider Pastor Dennis. Isn't God funny that way? But having that somewhat apart from but inside understanding of the office of pastor and elder, it was hard to even consider what just happened beyond the surety of God's calling and God's timing. Okay, God's calling and God's timing. These are tricky pieces, yes? They could be tricky pieces because, church, I was perfectly happy I was perfectly happy to serve in church leadership in my comfort zone non-pastoral and still get to play the I'm not a pastor card (laughs) right I'm being I'm, I'm just I want to be totally transparent about this there were times when discipleship and aspects of ministry become very distasteful and in those times I liked playing the I'm not a pastor card Oh, I'm sorry, After to... let me talk to one of the pastors about that, right? I got really good at that. But till that started to feel like a cop-out, right? That even toward the end smacked of cowardice, untrusting cowardice and not trusting God with the people of God that he put in front of me that I would so flippantly pass the buck. And I was a little ashamed. Things pointedly started to change around 2017 when I seriously started to struggle with that thing that many Christians struggle with, the notion of calling, right? We know that's the word, calling. A couple times I brought this internal tension to the person who knows me best, my wife. Um, She doesn't just know me, but she herself is is a pastor's kid and a lifelong Christian, and she's been my ministry partner. We serve tribes, we serve in worship together, and her opinion is a really good gauge, Bluntly honest, though it is. So about a year ago, something woke up in me. Uh, a switch got flicked. And it was kind of a missing piece. And it was a piece that I somewhat knew was a missing piece, but I didn't really know how important that missing piece was until the switch got flicked. And for lack of a better word, I think it's passion. Passion. Tory said this pastor Tory said this So it's kind of repetition but I think it needs to come from me I love the people of God in this church I truly truly do And for a long time showing that love was chiefly practical service setting up chairs and making guide pages and doing what I did right totally fine right Totally acceptable way to serve God and his church in our goal of making more and better disciples of Jesus. Totally fine. Until all of a sudden it wasn't. So this past September, the current body of elders here in Troy asked me to consider filling out the, the elder application. And for the first time, it was clear. And it was confirmed by the valued opinion of my wife that it was time. Time to stop passing the buck, playing the I'm not a pastor card, be brave enough to follow God's leading. Maybe at some point in the future I'm gonna have the opportunity to talk about what in God's time actually means and how to know it, but for now I'd just like to take a few minutes to focus on the piece of, of this disciples journey and testimony that for better or for worse lingered over my entire history and that was the idea of calling. And, and for a long time, I struggled with that, and, and, and many Christians do. You might be here, and, and the idea of calling somehow seems so f- foreign and ununderstood, right? It's one of those words that we often hear, but we never really flesh out the definition of it. Am I called? can be a daunting and confusing question not only as it pertains to to me or to eldership, but as it pertains to any of us Christ-following people or even Christ-seeking people that are here today. Am I called? And it's not just for believers, right? The idea of calling. All humans, I believe, wonder, what's my place? And it's only been recently that I I actually bared down and started reading and doing a, a, a little more on this subject. And so I found this author, Bobby Jameson, In his book called The Path to Being a Pastor. And I'm going to paraphrase this. He says, calling attributes to God something that you cannot be sure of until it happens. It implies that you know God has done something before he's done it. And I thought, yeah, that's a pretty bold and risky presumption. Right? To say I am called. And it occurs to me that that all this time and through the reading, the, the question that I struggled and struggled and struggled with, am I called? Am I called? How do I know whether I'm called? How do I know whether I'm not called? Maybe the question should have been, how can I take my godly desires and grow into the kind of person who's able to biblically serve him, biblically serve his people, and serve our world? Let me say that again. Maybe not am I called, but how can I grow? into the kind of person that will serve God, right? Jameson puts forward that idea, and he uses a better word than calling in this case. He uses the word aspiration, right? And we see it in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It says, if anybody aspires to the office, he desires a noble task. Calling. Calling asks you to pick yourself at the end of the trail, whereas humble aspiration points out the path, and tells you to take a step, right? And there's a phrase for that that I found very helpful. Submit to the process. So in case it's not clear, I'm not just talking about me anymore. And I'm not just talking about pastoral ministries anymore. I'm talking to all of us, right? And I'd like to wrap it up by looking at a passage of Scripture. Um, many of you will know this Scripture. You've likely seen it on a refrigerator magnet, or you've seen it on a Bible bookmark, or maybe a cross-stitched pillow. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. We like this passage. We like this passage because it seems clear. Right? We hang it on the wall like an inspirational hanging because it feels clear. But not if you read it and go, yeah, okay, how do I do that? So I'm just going to take out a couple words here acknowledge, to be aware of, and to practice obedient fellowship with God. You're there, I'm here. I acknowledge this, and I make a mindful commitment to this process of acknowledging who God is. Trust. There's two parts to this trust. There's the decision to trust, which we call commitment, and then there's the act or the habit of trusting, in which you have the word lean Right? To lean, to rely totally on something for support. And then verse 6, we see that promise. That means will, God will make the course in such a person's life that's truly successful in God's eyes. Right? So the questions come up. Are our desires in line with God's will? Right? Right? One might be able to answer that question right now with a definitive yes or no. Are my desires in line with God's will? Or you may not know if your desires are in line with God's will. Can I recognize God's path if and when I aspire to take those first steps in following him in a direction of life of service to God? So I want to give three things to consider in the light of that question. And there are more questions, strangely enough. And if you're familiar with Terra Nova Church's DNA, you will probably recognize eternal, internal, external. Are my desires in line with scripture? Is it biblical? What I think God wants for me in my life? Two, am I being patient or am I being impatient? and following after God in what I think he wants for my life. And is it body-minded or is it about me? These things are wonderful gauges as we aspire to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and don't lean on our own understanding and acknowledge him in all of our ways and let him direct our paths. And however he directs us to serve him, There's the promise that he will make provisions for that. You just saw what happened here. Man, I'm leaning on that. I'm leaning on the fact that my God is going to provide for me so that I can serve in the way he's called me to serve. I'd like to uh, invite the rest of the musicians back up. Take a minute to consider everything that was just said there. And I, I just, I need to put bookends on it. All of this, singing songs, ordaining a new pastor, studying scripture, it all starts and ends with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? These are our bookends, the gospel. Everything is in there. right? Following God, trusting God, leaning on God, starts and ends with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you you might have seen some some of our church's branding has life, place, and meaning. You see that a lot. You know, we deal with T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. These are the things that whether or not we're aware of it or want to admit it, these are the things that all of humanity yearn for. Life and place and meaning. And as such... These are the very things that acceptance of the truth of Jesus Christ provides. This is what we believe, Terra Nova Church. And it's that truth that we observe every Sunday in this church with the celebration of communion. The sacrament is for those here who profess the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So if you have done so, you're welcome to the table. And if not, please don't feel obligated or pressured Thank you, church. Thank you. And may I ever, ever make all of my, the rest of my life start and end with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.